Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecha Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now. And for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Today is November 13th, 2019, and on today's OSHA, we talk a little pro wrestling and a little rock and roll. We have an all-elite wrestling full gear review for you. Chris Jericho walks away with his AEW world title intact. MJF turns heel. John Moxley picks up the biggest win of his career and so much more from full gear. And on the other side of things, the rock world is about to heat up once again for the first time in quite a long time. Rage is back. Rage Against the Machine announcing their return in 2020 to headline Coachella as well as a spring tour. Green Day is also back in 2020 for the first time since their tour in 2017. They'll be teaming with Weezer and Fall Out Boy for a stadium tour over the summer. A lot is going on in rock and roll and pro wrestling. Chris Jericho, the lead singer of Fozzie, La Champion, he'll tell you it's a good time to be a fan of both. So let's talk full gear and rock and roll on episode 115 of The O Show presented by Belly Up Sports, be bold, stand out. Remember, as always, to use the promo code OSHO10. That's OSHO, all caps, O-S-H-O-W-10. $10 off your next order using TickPick.com. TickPick, the only ticket marketplace with no hidden fees. You can also use the promo code OSHO20. That's OSHO20, all caps, capital O-S-H-O-W-10. 20. Osho 20 for $20 off your next order at MechaNutritionStore.com. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Let's talk some wrestling and rock.
So two years ago, in March of 2018, to be precise, question mark, March 2018, a year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever, I got the chance through Jack Slade, uh, production manager for Fozzie Rock, uh, Fozzie Rock Band, Chris Jericho's band. He'll be joining the show in, a, in the in the coming weeks to talk Fozzie wrestling and rock and roll. His dad, actually, Chris Slade, uh, the drummer for ACDC on their most recent store with GNR frontman Axel Rose. We'll talk about him later on in the show. Uh, but through Jack Slade, I was able to get a VIP pass to a Fozzie gig two years ago. Was able to hang with the band. Obviously, Chris Jericho, seven-time world champion in pro wrestling, lead singer uh, of, of Fozzie, one of my personal all-time favorites and a big idol of mine, Lost Champion. I, I wonder why he picked that nickname. It's because it sounds awesome every time you say it. Lost Champion. Uh, got the chance to meet the rest of the band too, Rich Ward or the Duke, as they call him, their lead guitarist, tremendous human being, couldn't have been nicer. Frank Fonseer, their drummer, a real nice guy, born in Denville, New Jersey. I went to high school in Denville, New Jersey, so you know uh, I used that as my icebreaker with the boys. Turns out he was only born there though, left immediately, don't blame him. Billy Gray, another guitarist in the band. Billy plays for Fozzie, Madam Mayhem, and Dangerous New Machine. So you can check out those bands on uh, on uh, iTunes and Spotify or wherever the hell you get your music. Billy and I uh, happen to be wearing the same leather jacket, so that was great or awkward, depending on how you look at it. Fozzie as a whole was awesome. Bunch of great dudes. They're just having fun on their tour. That was two years ago. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because Chris Jericho, just turned 49 years old. Again, he's one of the uh, one of my biggest idols. Happy 49th to La Champion of AEW, Y2J, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, the pain maker, the history maker, the alpha, Chris Jericho. With that being said, let's talk about Chris Jericho because he defended his All Elite Wrestling World Championship against Cody Rhodes at full gear in Baltimore, Maryland on Saturday night. On his birthday, nonetheless, friends and family in attendance, Jericho and Cody did exactly what the world expected them to do, and that's absolutely tear the house down. They were absolutely phenomenal, great storyline, great storytelling, amazing promo work from both Jericho and Cody leading up to the match on AEW Dynamite over the past six weeks, and some may uh, even went as far as to say that this was one of the uh, best matches of Chris Jericho's 29-year uh, professional wrestling career. You could put it up there with Jericho versus Omega and New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 12 in 2018. You could put it up there with Jericho versus HBK, Shawn Michaels at WWE Unforgiven in 2008. You could put it up there with Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 17 in Seattle. You could put it up there with Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at No Mercy in 2008 in a ladder match for the world title. Jesus Christ. Him and Shawn had a lot of great feuds, a lot of great matches in their rivalry. I'd say Chris Jericho has always been a, a way better storyteller than an actual wrestler. Not to take anything away from his wrestling ability, one of the greatest of all time, but his creativeness to tell a story with all the twists and the turns going left and sideways and diagonal and, and the meaning behind it is like no other. Not too many people in the wrestling business possess that. Especially when you throw in the fact that he's a musician, again, lead singer of Fozzie. He's an actor. He just made a cameo in Kevin Smith's new film, The Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. He's a journalist, obviously the podcast host of Talk is Jericho. He does a ton. He he overachieves at a ton of things. He he reached mainstream levels in wrestling, music, acting, and podcasting. It's inspiring yet intimidating. But he was matched up against a guy who has just as much creative juices, if not more 
in the world of professional wrestling, and that's the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, the son of the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, WWE Hall of Famer. Cody's creative track record, I think, speaks for itself. I mean, the man is the mastermind behind all elite wrestling itself. He's one of the most passionate professional wrestlers in the ring and on the mic. I mean, at this point, I think, I truly think, everybody has seen the promo he cut on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite last Wednesday night. He got worldwide uh, recognition from it, from guys including Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Darius Rucker, Mick Foley, Robert Flores of MLB Network, for crying out loud. I mean, it was insane. And if you missed it, you can check it out on this podcast, episode 114, with my interview with PJ Black, the episode right before this podcast. Uh, It was passionate, executed perfectly, had perfect rhythm, perfect cadence, perfect intent, felt real. He spoke of real things. He showed real emotion. It would give non-wrestling fans goosebumps, like I said on the last episode. And having two world-class promo gods like Jericho and Cody and a feud together for the most coveted prize in all elite wrestling, Uh, two men who know how to cut brilliant promos, two guys who have excellent in-ring capabilities, two guys who know how to work a crowd brilliantly, and two guys who show more passion for this business than anything else, you can't ask for more if you're a fan of professional wrestling. And the way the match culminated in the end was brilliant as well as there was obviously a huge stimulation going into this match. If Cody lost to Jericho, he would never challenge for the All Elite Wrestling World Championship ever again because Cody is management and executive vice president of All Elite Wrestling and he doesn't want any uh, backlash with fans, you know, potentially saying that he handed himself title opportunities. And obviously Chris Jericho has been undefeated since joining AEW and wins and losses are a big factor in the business as They uh, keep track with the wrestlers' rankings. So Jericho, for example, 4-0 in uh, singles competition. John Moxley is now 3-0 in singles competition. Kenny Omega is now 2-3 in singles competition. The list goes on and on, just to give you an example. But the most important factor here, though, is that Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho both came in undefeated in singles competition going into this fight. So Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes really gave the fans... Nothing to work off of here, which is great as a wrestling fan. You really couldn't tell who was going to walk away as world champion in this match, which is what pro wrestling has been missing for a very, very, very long time. So at the end of the day, this wasn't even the main event, which is the funniest part to me. Wasn't even the match of the night, but we'll get there when we get there. You dig? It was the second to last match. And it was Cody Rhodes flanked by Maxwell Jacob Friedman, or MJF, if you're keeping score at home, versus Chris Jericho, La Champion, flanked by Bellator fighter and inner circle muscle, Jake Hagar, the former Jack Swagger. So after seeing these entrances, I guess from a a fan's perspective, you could see that we may get a screw finish with the Outsiders being present at ringside. Maybe, just maybe, if we're looking at it from that perspective. Jericho obviously having Jake Hagar in his corner spelled trouble for Cody. Although with the matches being as big as this one was, it would have been like probably WWE-style booking to have Cody lose because of Jake Hagar's interference. And that wouldn't have pleased many fans. It wouldn't have sat well in my stomach. Wouldn't have lived up to the hype. So... You just had to watch. Again, there was no real telling on who was going to win and what was going to happen. A good back-and-forth match to start. Kind of slow, really methodical, but the beginning nonetheless. The turning point in this match is obviously when Cody went for the suicide dive outside of the ring on Chris, and Chris was able to move out of the way. Cody landed like insanely, weirdly 
just really awkwardly on the steel ramp. Again, if you've ever watched an All Elite pay-per-view event, the ramp from the entrance to the ring, it doesn't change any level. The ramp is the same level as the ring apron once you get to the ring. So as soon as Jericho moved out of the way, you knew Cody was about to get fucked up. He landed really, really awkwardly on his face. You could uh, tell multiple different replays that he tried to break his fall with his hands, but his momentum was taking him too far forward for that to happen. He ended up hitting his forehead right on the steel, resulting in a massive gash and a lot of blood off the head of Cody Rhodes. And then Jericho, of course, would uh, start focusing on that gash and Rhodes' forehead for the rest of the match like a heel would using uh, Jake Hagar as well to his advantage when the referee, Aubrey Edwards, wasn't looking. And uh, before Aubrey would toss uh, Jack Swagger, again, the former Jack Swagger, Jake Hagar, from ringside, ejected him, making it only uh, MJF in the corner of Cody Rhodes with nobody backing Jericho. And at that moment, it looked like, at least to me, uh, for a brief second, that Jericho was about to lose the All Elite Wrestling title. At this point in the match... Uh, it was the closing, so we saw Cody Rhodes hit Jericho with a crossroads after taking so much brutality from Chris throughout the entire match after hitting his head again. Jericho basically beaten up on on the open wound on his head for about a good 20 minutes. Again, it was a 60-minute time limit match, so we're towards the end here, and uh, after Hagar was ejected, Jericho even took the AEW title and used it as a weapon, hitting it over the head of Cody. And at that point, you thought it was over because Jericho was going to win in a big-time heel form, but Cody kicked out at two and a half. So Jericho, of course, kicked out after two and a half after the crossroads, like any good pay-per-view wrestling spots towards the end, they kick out of each other's finishers. So the match continued, and uh, like the crowd at Royals Farm Arena chanted, it was awesome. Cody, uh, he went for the closer in the disaster kick from the second rope, but Chris would catch him in midair, the code breaker in midair. And at that point, he thought the match was over, but again, Cody kicked out at two and a half. And then Jericho uh, proceeded to lock in the walls of Jericho for, I think, the second or third time, maybe the second time. This is where things got really dicey, ladies and gents. So MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who's never really been a face in my opinion. I always thought he was kind of a, like how weird it was that he started out as a heel in AEW, but then he was also the best friends with one of AEW's top baby faces. So that resulted in MJF turning face, I guess, for the past few weeks, kind of. And then on Saturday, uh, AEW full gear with Chris Jericho locking in the walls of Jericho on Cody in the middle of the ring. MJF would throw in the towel, which is a, a sign that signifies, all right, he quits, which is something we haven't seen storyline-wise in a while. I, I couldn't even begin to tell you who was the last superstar to do that in any company. MJF plays it off like he was concerned for Cody's health, as he literally wasn't going to submit or lay down for Chris Jericho at this point. This is the only chance he's getting at the AEW title, or else he never will again, like he said. So because MJF threw in the towel... Chris Jericho was victorious at full gear. He wins. He's now uh, 4-0, lifetime, singles record for uh, in the win-loss record, resulting in the rest of the inner circle joining him at the top of the stage to share a little bit of the bubbly, another famous Jericho catchphrase. Seriously, that would not get over with anybody else but Chris Jericho. Everything he says is gold. Uh, they share a little bit of the bubbly in Baltimore, Maryland at Royals Farm Arena, 
But that left MJF to explain himself in the middle of the ring after they all left. So to his so-called best friend at AEW, Cody, had to explain himself. Cody, again, first pissed off because remember the stipulation, if Cody lost, he could never challenge for the AEW World Championship again. And uh, Cody ends up losing, so he can never challenge for the AEW Championship again. Cody was first pissed, like I said, but then understood where MJF was coming from, lifted him up because he was on one knee, basically crying, really putting on a great act. Great actor, MJF. Uh, He patted him on the back before Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, turned heel for the second time in five months. He hit Cody with the low blow, you know, typical fashion, kicked him right in the nuts and smiled at him and liked it. Shout out to CM Punk. And uh, you, you could have seen this one coming from a mile away. That, that would have been way more believable if someone like Diamond Dallas Page or Dustin Rhodes came down and did that. But MJF, being how cocky and asshole-like he already is, that was given as soon as he threw in the, in the towel. He saw it coming. Now, moving forward, I think it's safe to say to assume that MJF will be joining the inner circle on Wednesday Night Dynamite. The inner circle even entertained the idea of adding a woman to the group, too, during Chris Jericho's uh, post-fight press conference. So the faction is slowly, slowly but surely and methodically becoming the biggest faction in wrestling today. You've got the AEW world champ, La Champion, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, the 26-year-old Spanish god, Santana and Ortiz, Jake Hagar. You'll add MJF and possibly somebody from the women's division, too. And it was officially announced for tonight's show. AEW Dynamite takes place tonight, first show since Full Gear. Tonight's show in Nashville, Tennessee, AEW Dynamite tonight. Chris Jericho and Sammy Gravara take on SCU for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Jericho looks to become double La Champion with Sammy Gravara. It all happens tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific on TNT. Now, with that out of the way, let's talk about the actual main event of the show, because as awesome as Jericho Cody was, it wasn't even the main event. The main event of AEW Full Gear was Kenny Omega versus Jon Moxley in an unsanctioned match, meaning anything goes and AEW isn't responsible for any of it, which also means because I was actually arguing about this on my show on Friday Because it's an unsanctioned match, this will not go on the record rankings for either Omega or Moxley. Because my argument last week was that Omega had to win this match because he's already had two singles losses since Double or Nothing. He lost to Jericho at Double or Nothing in May. He lost to Pac at All Out in August after Pac replaced Moxley because he got hurt. And then Saturday night, it was assumed that he had to put Moxley over to solidify Mox's full-blown heel run. Well, all of that's out the window, I guess. So it doesn't matter who wins or loses, but at the end of the day, it kind of does. It's the biggest rivalry you could say AEW has to offer at the moment. The seeds were set for this match back in May at Double or Nothing when uh, Dean Ambrose left the WWE and showed up on AEW programming as Jon Moxley. The match was set for All Out in Chicago back in August. They were billing as the double main event, Jon Moxley and Kenny Omega, and then Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page for the AEW title. Uh, But that was before Mox suffered an elbow injury that sidelined him for at least a couple of weeks. That's why Pac faced Omega instead. And they've been building it up for about six or seven weeks now on Dynamite. They changed it to an unsanctioned match just so that it wouldn't affect uh, either man's win-loss record. Also, for the fact that the rivalry has gotten so heated that it'd be awesome to see them beat the holy hell out of each other 
in a, in a Moxley-style no-holds-barred street fight, basically. And that's exactly what AEW fans got in B-Town. Holy shit. So AEW does time limits on their matches, which I think is awesome. Let's the fans know exactly when the match should end. I believe Jericho and Rhodes was a 60-minute time limit, like I said earlier. And so was uh, Omega Moxley, which is which some might say is way too long. But hey, it's phenomenal wrestling. It's all elite wrestling. This match ended up going 52 minutes long. It was brutal, brutality at its finest at full gear between Mox and Omega. As soon as the bell rung, it was on. Haymaker for Haymaker, jab for jab. Moxley brought his toys to the dance first, a barbed wire bat, and he didn't even hit Kenny with it. He just shredded it across his back like the sadistic creature that he is, bloodying Kenny's back. He also used a trash can within the first five minutes. Moxley even started jabbing Omega in the eyes with a barbed wire bat. That that caught the crowd off guard. That caught me off guard looking at the highlights. Omega ends up catching Mox with a pile driver off the trash can before he whipped out his own barbed wire bat. Well, actually, it's Kenny Omega, so the cleaner. It, it was actually a barbed wire broom, and this barbed wire was on steroids compared to John Moxley. So John Moxley learned very quickly that payback's a bitch, but then Omega would learn that payback to his own payback is an even bigger bitch. Mox had a, a table with a dozen rat traps taped on the back and then springboard and Omega right on to about five or six of them, which takes balls to go through with that spot. I remember Chris Jericho telling the story in London, England at uh, Inside the Ropes about his Ambrose Asylum match with Mox in WWE in 2016 and how taking those thumbtacks was like the dumbest thing that he could have done in his career. And I don't think Kenny Omega has been in a match with much brutality as this one. So it couldn't have been easy. Uh, huge props to the cleaner of AEW for this one. Then Mox brought out a massive gold chain that he dropped Omega on with a neckbreaker. Things seem to be going just from bad to worse for Kenny Omega. I mean, the goddamn pieces of glass that Omega brought in, uh, everybody thought they were thumbtacks, but it was even worse. Shattered pieces of glass. I mean, are you kidding me? They both ended up going through them, and just to check everybody up to speed, this is about halfway through the match. So 60-minute time limit, this is about 25 minutes in the match. The Young Bucks and Adam Hangman Page all came out to say, enough is enough, stop it, Kenny, but the two continued to absolutely kill each other. Then arguably the best spot in the match is when uh, uh, Moxley got a hold of Omega, suplexed Kenny off the stage onto an entire bed of barbed wire. Just a, like a cornfield of barbed wire waiting for the two superstars. It was sheer brutality. And then after that, they were helped out of the barbed wire. Mox ends up punching one of the trainers that helps him out and then was kicked into one of the full gear light stands by Omega and they both went through the shattered light. And then after getting back in the ring, after all of this crap, after all of this nonsense, this brutality, it was wicked awesome. Mox finally hit Omega with the paradigm shift onto the shattered glass that's still in the ring for the one, two, and two and a half because Kenny Omega freaking kicked out. After everything that happened in this match, Kenny still kicked out of the paradigm shift into the shattered glass. But then that led to the actual foreshadowing of the match when Moxley uh, cut all ties on the apron and uh, ripped open the actual undersurface of the ring to the very wood rolling up all the padding in the ring. This would actually result, of course, in Kenny shifting the tables, hitting Mox with his own move, the paradigm shift off the exposed wood for the one, two, and two and a half because there was no way this match was ever going to end. It legitimately seemed 
like it was never going to end. But then Omega went for the uh, ultimate do-or-die move, the Phoenix splash off the top rope into the exposed wood, and he missed completely, terribly, completely 100% missed. Mox moved out of the way. Mox went for the cover, and you guessed it, Kenny Omega kicked out at two and a half. So Mox had enough and went full New Japan Pro Wrestling style on Kenny, breaking out the sinister version of the Paradigm Shift, the Death Rider, smashing Kenny's skull onto the wood for the one, the two, and the three. John Moxley defeats Kenny Omega at AEW Full Gear in arguably the most fantastic match we've seen in wrestling since 2012. AEW Full Gear had two main events to promote in this one, and they ended up being two instant classics that people will be talking about for a very long time. Jericho beats Rhodes, Moxley beats Omega. I can only wonder what's in store on AEW Dynamite tonight. Again, Jericho and Garvara, Sammy Guevara, teaming up against SCU for the AEW tag titles. Catch it all on TNT. So, those were the big matches this weekend in wrestling, but before we shift gears to rock and roll action, I want to give a quick shout out to CM Punk. CM Punk, for the first time in six and a half years, after walking out on Vince McMahon on that very cold night in Cleveland, Ohio, after the 2014 Royal Rumble, after saying horrible things about the business, after dealing with a massive lawsuit against WWE doctors, after losing his friendship with Colt Cabana over a podcast, CM Punk has returned as an analyst on WWE Backstage on Fox. He has signed exclusively with Fox Sports, not WWE, but will be interacting with WWE talent, which is all we can ask for. Got to see him in the ring with Samoa Joe and Adam Cole tonight, which in 2019 makes it all the more awesome. So congrats to CM Punk for his new role with Fox and WWE. With that being said, Let's turn the O Show into the pot of rock. We're talking Ozzy and Post Malone's new catchy mashup, Green Day's 2020 uh, stadium tour, Guns N' Roses wrapping up their 2019 tour in Las Vegas last weekend, the epic return of Rage Against the Machine, all that and more. But first, a quick word from our handy-dandy sponsor over at Mecca Nutrition. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecha Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now. And for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil 
or Neil at MechaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecha Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. So it is official. Rage will roll again in 2020 as long-running, politically proactive L.A. rock band Rage Against the Machine ramps up for a string of shows. Next year, they are back. Rage Against the Machine. First time since 2007. The band was formed in 1991. Uh, So this 2020 tour will include uh, headlining dates at Coachella, the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. Uh, they helped launch that 21 years ago. Again, 1991. The band, uh, again, fronted by singer Zach De La Roca, fueled by lead guitarist Tom Morello. Uh, they unveiled the details on its Instagram feed about a handful of shows in 2020, starting March 26th, El Paso, Texas. That's when the return kicks off. It continues with stops March 28th in Las Cruces, New Mexico, March 30th in Phoenix, Arizona, ahead of the uh, April 10th, and 17th appearances at the 2020 edition of Coachello in Indio, California. And I said that their last, uh, they, they broke up, I think, in 2007. Again, started in 1991, broke up in 2007. The band's been on, on hiatus since they uh, did a one-off appearance. 2011, they made a 2011 appearance at uh, uh, LA Rising Festival at the Coliseum that also featured England's uh, Moose, Chicago's uh, Rise Against rapper Lauren Hill, uh, American rapper Immortal Technique, and uh, Mexico's El Gran Silencio. Uh, the group's most recent tour, again in 2010, extending from various points in the U.S. across South Africa and Europe. Next year's return to engagements through the Coachella performances extends the festival tradition of high-profile reunion or career uh, uh, reunion events, I guess. This is from the Los Angeles Times. Again, Rage Against the Machine, heavily politically based. Uh, Tom Morello, Brad Wilk. Tim Comerford and Zach De La Roca uh, haven't addressed what their Instagram post showed, but the photo shared by the band on their account, both Twitter and Instagram, same one. It uh, depicted the political unrest in Chile that Morello himself shared four days earlier on his account. And despite them being uh, an inactive, prolonged period of inactivity for Rage Against the Machine, they didn't officially disband following its most recent uh, uh, tour in 2011 in Los Angeles. Kind of like Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker went on his own, but Hootie and the Blowfish never really officially broke up, and now they're back here in 2019-2020, just finished up their 2019 summer tour. But Morello, Wilk, and Comerford have continued playing together in other post Rage Against the Machine bands, including Prophets of Rage. Uh, apparently, they were communicating with De La Roca regularly, so they never really officially broke up. In fact, uh, I think it was Morello who uh, formed Prophets of Rage in 2016 with uh, Zach De La Roca's blessing, uh, when basically he couldn't commit to bringing back Rage Against the Machine before Election Day in 2016. So to that point, it's probably no coincidence that Rage Against the Machine is performing all of its shows so so near U.S. and the Mexican border, all, again, West Coast, New Mexico, Arizona-based shows before they head to Indio, uh, where basically, uh, again, Morello, he's remained keen on resuming the band's career, but has also understandably grown tired of being asked the same questions uh, about a potential reunion with only 
disappointing answers to give, basically. I mean, he said in an interview with uh, the Alternative Press, he says, I've tried throughout my career to make uh, music that's uncompromising both musically and lyrically, and that's exactly what Rage Against the Machine did. And that's what he said. And, and if a Rage show ever breaks out, I'd be happy to play guitar. Yeah, definitely. Again, very politically based. It's 2020. Who knows how this uh, concert at Coachella could end up? It could end up in absolute mayhem, considering how soft some people have become when it comes to their political views in, again, 2019 and 2020. But that's none of my business. We're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about the Guns N' Roses 2019 store. Not in this lifetime tour that kicked off in 2016. Again, Guns N' Roses returning, reuniting Axl Rose slash Duff McKeegan and company. Izzy Stratlin did not come back for this one. Neither did Steven Adler. But still, you got Slash and Duff and Axl back on the same stage for the first time in nearly 25 years. It was back in 1993, 1994, 95 is when they broke up and they get back together in 2016. They've been on tour on and off for the past four years. Again, Axel uh, did his thing with ACDC. Brian Johnson's hearing has gone away, so he has not been able to be on tour with ACDC. So again, like I mentioned at the, at the start of the podcast, Chris Slade, Jack Slade's father, Chris Slade, the drummer for ACDC on that tour with Axl Rose as the frontman. Imagine Axl Rose, a frontman for Guns N' Roses, teaming up with Angus Young, one of the most legendary guitarists of all time with ACDC. They even uh, uh, entertained the idea of doing an album together. ACDC, a brand new album in 2018, 2019 with Axl Rose as the frontman. Never came to fruition, but I definitely would have loved to see that at a whole new set list, whole new album with Axl Rose at the head of ACDC. Would have been interesting. Obviously didn't work out. Guns N' Roses, apparently, sooner or later, we don't know when. It's definitely happening, according to Slash. We don't know when, though. Guns N' Roses are going to be coming out with their first new album in nearly, again, 25 years. I don't really count Chinese democracy because that was Axl Rose and his Goonies. I really don't... I, I, I don't like that, Guns N' Roses. Not the same feel as basically Axl Rose and the Roses, Kind of like Scott Weiland and the Wildabouts. It was just Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses, I guess. It wasn't the real Guns N' Roses, but the real Guns N' Roses back in 2019 on the tour, again, on and off again. Axl was with ACDC, Slash and Miles Kennedy with the uh, Conspirators back on tour with their new album that dropped uh, last last this time last year in 2018, Living the Dream. Tremendous album from Slash and Miles Kennedy. If you want to go check that out. Uh, the guys have been all over the place. Duff McKagan has his own new album that's out right now on Apple and iTunes and Spotify and wherever the hell you get your music because you can get it anywhere these days. And uh, they're back. They just finished up their tour in Vegas, Guns N' Roses. Entirely new set list, a lot of covers. Uh, it's so easy. Mr. Brownstone, the usuals, Chinese Democracy, which they didn't play. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle, Double Talking Jive, Better Estranged. Uh, Live and Let Die, of course, a Wings cover. Here's a new one to the list that I don't think they've ever played before, and that's obviously one of the rock hits, Slither, which is a Velvet Revolver cover, which they can play. It's Slash and McKagan with Scott Weiland and Velvet Revolver. Tremendous rock song was made for Scott Weiland's voice. Uh, obviously, Miles Kennedy has done covers with it with Slash as well, which Miles Kennedy could do a rap cover, and I think he'd make it sound good. The guy's range is the best in rock and roll. I think he's arguably the best singer in rock and roll today. 
in front of Axl Rose and Brian Johnson and Jeff Goot, among others. Um, but I don't think that this song was made for Axl Rose's voice. Now, Guns N' Roses, first time ever singing Slither, but at the same time, like this just as as talented as Axl Rose is, this this song was not made for his voice. Slither is so Scott Weiland or nothing, for me at least. But they did play Slither, it was pretty cool. Going into it, you had high expectations because you know Axl Rose's range. You think he's going to knock this out of the park. He really didn't. It was like a dribbler down the line. I really didn't enjoy him slinging Slither, but we got it nonetheless. Uh, they played Rocket Queen, You Could Be Mine, Shadow of Your Love, Attitude, a Misfits cover, which is interesting. They've never done that. Uh, Civil War, Coma, slash guitar solo, of course, before Sweet Child of Mine. Wichita Lineman, that's a Jimmy Webb cover. Wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd cover. November Rain, of course, with the piano. Always the best part of these Guns N' Roses show with Slash and Axel. Knocking on Heaven's Door, and then Night Train, before the encore, Don't Cry, The Seeker, which uh, a Who cover, which they usually don't do that many covers. Madagascar, and then, of course, to end it, Paradise City. I think they actually did a Rolling Stones cover, too, Far Away Eyes, to close the show, which was cool. But that, that was the set list on this most recent tour. I think it only spanned a couple of months, but it ended in Vegas last weekend. They'll go back on tour overseas in New Zealand, starting again in March of 2020, before Slash goes back on tour with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. But again, just to go back to Slither, because it really bothers me how great of a song this is with Scott Weiland, and even if Miles Kennedy covers it, it's good. But when Axl Rose, one of the most popular frontmen of all time in rock and roll history, can't sing it, it really bothers me. Here, take a listen to this. I'll, I'll play the Guns N' Roses version live. If you can hear it, this was a live show in Charlotte uh, back in September. This is with Axl Rose. Then I'll play the version with uh, Scott Weiland. And then I'll play the version with Miles Kennedy. And we'll see which one's better. So this is Slither by Guns N' Roses with Axl Rose. <laughs> It's like he was trying to make it his own song. I mean, I don't know if you could hear that or not. The fans were singing over it in Scott Weiland-esque, not Axl Rose-esque. He was trying to make that a Guns N' Roses song. He was trying to make it sound like Sweet Child of Mine. I, I wonder if he could actually hit the low notes on that. But uh, here's here's Scott Weiland. Again, this is the original Slither by Velvet Revolver. Scott Weiland, obviously, uh, the diseased frontman of Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver. So here's the original Slither with Scott Weiland. <laughs>
Well, that's obviously the original, so that's the best one. That was with Scott Weiland, way better than the Axl Rose version. Here's the Miles Kennedy version. Again, give it a chance. It's not the best version. It's not Weiland. Nobody could be Weiland. But Miles Kennedy, again, with the range that he possesses, he, he turned this into a show stealer. Here, here's Slither by Slash and Miles Kennedy. <laughs> Again, Miles Kennedy, probably the best singer in rock and roll today. Again, uh, Alter Bridge is other band. So Slash is obviously back with Guns N' Roses for the time being, which means Miles Kennedy is back with Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge being the former Creed without Scott Stapp. Uh, Miles Kennedy and the boys just came out with their new Alter Bridge album, Walk the Sky which you can get at Target for $10 on CD, or you could just purchase it on Apple uh, Music for free if you have Apple Music. And uh, talking about Scott Stapp, Scott Stapp, former lead singer of Creed, Creed obviously now with Alter Bridge, Scott Stapp just came out with his new album, uh, what was it, Lurking in the Shadows, uh, Space Between the Shadows. That's his new song, hit song, Name, talking about how he didn't grow up with a father. Scott Stapp. Back in action, remember Scott Stapp was out of it for a long time, kind of went to Banana Lands for about five years or so there. Uh, Creed last forming in 2009, broke up in 2011, but Scott Stapp is back after all this time. Uh, new haircut and all, he's back and better than ever, honestly. Scott Stapp's new album, Space Between the Shadows, out now on iTunes. Phenomenal listen if you want to go check it out, former lead singer of Creed. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about here on The Pot of Rock is the matchup, the mashup between Ozzy Osbourne and Post Malone. So Post Malone's new album, obviously, Hollywood's Bleeding. And again, Hollywood's Bleeding actually became the longest number one album of 2019. He does a lot of uh, uh, collaborations with Travis Scott, obviously Ozzy Osbourne, uh, a couple others that I can't name because I'm not into rap whatsoever. The only song I like is the Ozzy one. The only one I've checked out is the Ozzy one because I'm a big Ozzy Osbourne fan, a big rock and roll fan. Big grunge guy from 70s to 90s, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Stone Temple Pilots, Ozzy Osbourne, you name it, Corn, uh, Slipknot. We'll get, in, we'll get into it more next week. Declan coming back on the show next week. It'll all be good talking rock and roll. But Post Malone's new song with both Travis Scott and Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Take What You Want, another phenomenal listen. I actually think, and it's not official, but I know Slash and Post Malone's guitarist, lead guitarist, did a little collaboration over the summer. I'm pretty convinced that at the end of that song, Take What You Want, it's a Slash riff. I could be wrong, but how cool would that be? Post Malone and Travis Scott on one hand, and then Ozzy Osbourne and Slash, two blasts from the past, going at it with two of today's top artists in music. Today, Post Malone and Travis Scott. I thought that was kick-ass awesome. Here's uh, uh, gathering my thoughts here. Um, Take What You Want by Ozzy Osbourne and Post Malone. Just a little...
And that final riff there again, it, it could very well be Ozzy Osbourne, but tell me that doesn't sound like a slash riff. Slash, Ozzy Osbourne, Post Malone, Travis Scott, take what you want. Officially just Ozzy and Travis Scott. I, I'm throwing Slash in there, huge Slash guy. Hopefully he's in that song. That'd be cool. He's done a lot of collaborations with Chris Daughtry, uh, Chris Cornell, Lemmy Killmeister of Motorhead, Andrew Stockton of Wolfmother, Fergie, Adam Levine of Maroon 5. The list goes on and on with Slash, Miles Kennedy, Scott Weiland, Velvet Revolver, Duff McKagan, Dave Grohl even. They did a solo together on Slash's album Rock and Fucking Roll that came out in 2010. Um, but it doesn't look like Slash is coming out with any new music at the moment. Again, with Guns N' Roses again in March. They just wrapped up their 2019 Not In This Lifetime tour. Axel Duff and the gang back together one more time without Izzy and Steven. But it's still pretty cool. And, of course, Rage Against the Machine. You can check them out starting in March. There, It's a West Coast swing. It's Indio, California for Coachella on April 10th and 17th. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster or at TickPick. No hidden fees at TickPick. You can use the promo code OSHO10 for $10 off. And then, of course, there in New Mexico, Las Cruces and Albuquerque, Phoenix on March 30th, Phoenix, Arizona. And, of course, Alter Bridge's new album, Walk the Sky, out now. Scott Stapp's new album, Space Between the Shadows. Phenomenal listen from Scott Stapp. Again, his comeback album after basically going to banana lands for the past five years. I, I can't sugarcoat it more than that. But Scott Stapp is back in action. Post Malone's Hollywood Bleedings. It, again, I'm not a big rap guy. I'm a, I'm a decent Post Malone guy. I happened to meet Post Malone in Phoenix last year at a Texas roadhouse and, and ended up coming in with, in two, with two of his security guards. I happened to be out at a birthday dinner with a few friends talking about Post Malone and how I don't like him and how I don't listen to his music. Ends up sitting remotely close to us, gives us a head nod, we take a few pictures. So that was pretty cool, me and Post Malone. But other than that, really didn't know him that well. His new album, Hollywood Bleedings, out now. Featuring Ozzy Osbourne and Travis Scott, Take What You Want. It's the only song I like. And again, it's a very famous song, so I don't know why I'm promoting it so much. You probably already heard it thus far. But it's out now. Again, Take What You Want on his Hollywood Bleedings album. That's Post Malone. Again, Guns N' Roses back in action. Rage Against the Machine. The Rage is back, baby. Live and in action in March. They're headlining Coachella, the, the event that they created back in 1991, 21 years ago got to give a quick shout out to la champion chris jericho with fozzy their new single nowhere to run a massive hit for fozzy both judas and nowhere to run massive hits on itunes and of course chris jericho picking up the win over cody rhodes at AEW full gear john moxley defeats kenny omega and what's arguably the match of the year uh so far so that's our AEW full gear recap and pot of rock show for this week on this Wednesday afternoon, the O Show once again presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Remember, like I just mentioned, if you want to go get your Coachella tickets now, again, April 10th and 17th, we'll have a discount for you. $10 off if you punch in the promo code OSHO10. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-10 for $10 off. Tick Pick, the only ticket marketplace that allows no hidden fees. And if you're looking to bulk up for the winter as well, if you're looking to hit the gym, looking to clang and bang, looking to bang weights, eat steaks, and sleep eights, I just learned that one. Uh, 
If you're looking, again, to bulk up this winter, though, use the promo code OSHO20. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-20 for $20 off at MechaNutritionStore.com. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Hit it, Hootie. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube